Kane is in the building. What's up, CrossFit diehard? Boz and Ortiz here today, coming at you, episode three of the podcast. Today, we're going to be drinking some Kill Cliffs while we talk about time caps, scaling, and intensity. This is actually the second attempt at recording this. We got a new microphone. We're getting a little fancy, and uh, we couldn't really figure it out yesterday, so... I think we got figure it figured out, and uh, we'll have a good uh, good time talking about stuff that relates to you guys every single day. Ortiz. What's up, everybody? This new mic is pretty amazing. It's your tagline now. What's up, everybody? Oh, what's, what's up, there? What's what's up, up everybody? everybody? <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty good. All right, let's jump right into it. Starting off, uh, we're going to start talking about the life cycle of a CrossFitter here and uh, kind of take that back into what we're talking about today. So, you've got your first wad. Everyone remembers their first wad. I know I do. I definitely do. My first wad was Fran. That was my first wad, too. Someone called me up through the whole, you think you're in shape, try this workout at me, and I'm like, yeah, of course, dude, I think I'm in shape. I work out two hours a day, six days a week. I'm a beast, basically. I mean, beast level 10, and uh, apparently I found out that I was not beast level 10. I don't think I was even beast level, like, five or six at this point, but Anyway, Fran took me 11 minutes in one second, and I didn't really move for about uh, 30 minutes after I finished it. And uh, needless to say, I've been I've been hooked ever since. Uh, Ortiz, what was uh, what was your first experience? I think I re- I think I remember this actually. Yeah, it was uh, I think it was was find your three minute friend. <laughs> so it was yeah. like you find did, your three minute friend. You had to do a... friend, and if you couldn't get under three minutes, I think you had to repeat it. Or do you remember, I don't remember exactly. How I actually didn't flipped. even plan asking you this question for this, but this is actually perfect for yeah. what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was not planned, but uh, the workout was called find your three minute friend. And uh, for those that don't fr- uh, know, Fran is 21, 15, and 9 repetitions, each of a 95 for men, 65 pounds uh, for women of a thruster and a pull-up. And um, you do it as fast as you can. So we were looking today, uh, or not today, we were looking uh, back then to find your three-minute Fran, which is going to be... A really, really high-intensity friend. We're trying to figure out what weight and scale of the pull-ups you could finish that workout in three minutes. So what we did was everyone, pretty much everyone, tried it RX'd at first and, uh, and went to a three-minute cap. If you finished it, the next time you would do it RX'd again. Um, if you didn't finish, you had to drop weight, I think it was, to like 75, 55 and then go to banded pull-ups, I think. Yes. 75, 55, yes. and banded pull-ups after maybe five minutes rest or something. 
And then if you didn't finish that in under three minutes, when the time cap was, uh, then you went to like 55-35, men, women, and I think jumping pull-ups, and then tried to then tried to finish it in under the three-minute time cap, which I don't really know how many people did or didn't finish when, but it was a lesson on uh, intensity and proper scaling pretty much. Uh, I'm surprised you came back after <laughs> after that being yeah. your, <laughs> well, your I was, first day. I was definitely confused on the 21-15-9 first. I was already confused on that. And then you, I think you explained to me, mate, it had to be like three four times. And uh, I didn't start out RX. I know I started probably like 65 pounds. I don't remember exactly. And I remember as soon as I was done with the 21 pull-ups, which were pretty much all like strict, I remember thinking there is no way in hell that someone's doing this in under three minutes. It took me three minutes just to finish I want maybe half the pull-ups. It was a pretty challenging day, to say the least. So that's your first, first experience with CrossFit. You know, that first wide, most people remember exactly what they did, exactly how they felt, and um, they, they just love it or they just hate it. And you can tell the ones that love it because they show up the next day like, man, I can't feel my legs, I didn't sleep last night, and I can't wait to do it again. Or you have those that are like, thank you for the workout, um, uh, I'll, uh, I'll let you know, I'll let you know. And then you never see them again. So that first wad is like the beginning of your life as a CrossFitter, you know, training with CrossFit. After that, you've got a couple of weeks where you're just coming in. you got people throwing things at you like wad and AMRAP and 70% plus 5 pounds plus 10 pounds. Do this S2O. Uh, if you can't do HSPU, substitute <laughs> with these DBPPs, you know, stuff like that. And you're like, I don't even know what's going on. But after a couple of weeks, sometimes two for some people, four to others, you just survive. You're like, just, I hope I don't die when I go to the gym today because I don't even know what's going on. And then after that, like you kind of you kind of settle out and you realize that you start to learn a few things. And then you're like, all right, you come in and you see a workout on the board and you're like, you know what, I'm actually kind of good at that. I'm not terrible at that and I love doing those. I'm going to try and attack today's workout, not just survive it. And then, so maybe you do good and you have that same kind of feeling that you got on day one where you're just totally gassed, you know, couldn't feel your legs again or your arms, whatever it may be for that day. And then you come in, uh, you know, the next day ready to attack. And then you see like handstand push-ups or something on the board or muscle-ups or something that you know that, uh, you know, you can't do, and you're going to have to modify, and you're going to have to go on the left side of the board, and you're going to be, you know, you're all bummed about it, and anyway, so you, uh, <laughs> you realize what, <laughs> you realize what your weaknesses are, and then you might start to stay after a little bit to try and eliminate them. You might think like, all right, well, I couldn't do handstand push-ups, but I'm going to figure out how to do these things. I'm going to start doing some negatives, maybe I'll start working on some muscle, muscle-up progressions, um, you know, whatever, and you're you're working on it. You kind of figure this thing out. You know, hey, right now I can do five pull-ups and be good, you know, and get right back on the bar again, or I can do ten pull-ups and I'm not going to be able to do another pull-up 
for more than just one or two for the rest of the workout. Or, you know, if I do five sets of five on the toaster bar, I can take exactly 3.72 seconds rest, get back up and do five toaster bar, and you can make it through the workout like this. You know, you've learned from your first couple months crossfitting that, you know, where that limit is, where that I could do more toaster bar, but I'm going to stop so I can catch my breath and kind of breathe right and not get all out of breath and, um, you know, uh, tired, I guess is the right word, trying to figure out how you can get through the workout and put up the best score the easiest versus pushing yourself um, the hardest. So that's kind of going to go into what we're talking to about today is where you go from your first wad to your two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is of surviving workouts to then maybe starting to attack a few workouts, um, kind of realizing what you need to work on and trying to fix that. And then a lot of times it becomes inevitable that we settle into just coming in, looking at the board, and just pacing, just pacing. We're not trying to push hard. Well, we're not trying to push that hard. You know, we know that we can do this exercise for this amount of reps without it really hurting all that bad. And and we just do that instead of trying to push ourselves and push our limits. And basically, pacing is not a bad thing. You know, it's it's not a bad thing altogether, but it it can lead to you kind of like never going to that point that caused you to fall in love with CrossFit in the first place, which is that anaerobic lactate threshold. You, your legs are pumping, your arms are pumping, you can't breathe. And you're like, man, that was so awesome. But you learn pretty quickly that, you know, it hurts a little bit to go there. And maybe you don't want to, uh, maybe you just don't want to go there every day. Or, and then all of a sudden you just never go there anymore. You just kind of come in, you do your pacing, and, uh, you know, you leave. For me, that's like that, uh, you'll see it on, like, workouts that will have, like, let's say 20, 30 wall balls. You know, there may be guys that could do it straight, you know, without uh, ever dropping that wall ball, but they'll maybe stop at the 10th one, maybe the 11th, 12th, and pace it out. And really, if they were just to just finish it all out, they'd probably get a way better score, you know, beat themselves at whatever workout. But sometimes they overpace for sure, you know. I- I've been guilty of it as well. Uh, you know, people are... The whiteboard is like the best and the best and the worst thing at the same time. It, it really, really motivates people to push themselves really hard and try and do their best or maybe not do their best, but get the best score. So it motivates to get the best score. And sometimes in order to sacrifice, sometimes in order to get the best score, we sacrifice on other things like a lot of times it's form that suffers, but a lot of times it's pushing ourselves as hard as we could that suffers because you know that there's a point where you might push so hard you know that it might actually take you a little longer to complete the workout however did you get a better workout I don't know you know if you if you don't ever push that hard you know it's going to be hard to continually improve yourself pushing yourself to that limit is where all the gains are you know, pushing yourself to that threshold 
that's where the gains and all the good stuff is. I, I think it's also like a like a crutch also. Like someone mm-hmm. someone may look at the board uh, and the the workout of the day may have a huge strength for themselves that they may not have uncovered yet. However, it, it was uh, someone else's weakness. But let's just say I'll I'll, I'll just use someone uh, from the gym. Uh, I got you you for instance. You, I may look at say and say Boz, man, Boz is better than me. So I may see your score and then think, oh well, there's no way I'm going to beat it, and may not try. But that may be your weakness, but may be my strength that I really haven't tried yet. And uh, sometimes I believe that sometimes looking at the whiteboard and you know, studying and looking at it so hard, sometimes we don't push ourselves because we think we're already beaten yeah. or we, we um, you know, push ourselves too much on something that maybe we should pace on and then go harder somewhere else. So sometimes it That's really good. Ways. That happens all the time. You know, uh, people, people look at the whiteboard and they beat themselves before they ever try the workout. Or they know that maybe in this one wad – three years ago they did 10 toes to bar and it was like their life was over (laughs) so for the next three years we're never going to do more than eight toes to bar ever yeah yeah yeah. you look at the board and you overanalyze it instead of just coming and saying like what can i do today how can i get better today maybe i've gotten better at toes to bar you know maybe i can push a little bit harder today on the on that so we're going to move on here we're going to talk about uh we're going to talk about uh, a few things about workouts and then kind of the, the design of workouts. Um, we take a few things into account when we're, uh, we're writing workouts or performing workouts that are already written. You know, time of the workout, is it rounds for time or is it an AMRAP? Load, is it heavy, is it moderate, is it light? Uh, skill is it burpees and sit-ups or is it squat snatches and you know deficit handstand push-ups and then format uh format kind of goes into all three of these time skill load um so these are things that we we take into consideration when writing workouts um or analyzing a workout that someone else has written before we go into it and do it um, time is what we're kind of talking about today, mainly. A little bit of the others, but mainly time. Uh, time caps is what we were talking about um, for the for the gym. Why do we put time caps in the workout? This is pretty simple answer, but it's a little bit more complex too. We put time caps in there to help keep you, not keep you, keep everyone to get the desired intensity of the workout. Okay, so we have a huge range of people working out in the gym from, you know, people in their 50s and 60s that are in good shape, people in 20s and 30s that are, you know, just started working out, people that are in amazing, incredible shape that have been working out their whole life. So we use time caps and the format of workouts to help everyone get the same desired effect of the workout. Um, that's why you pretty consistently see at Die Hard workouts with time caps not only, but also we try and train a lot of intervals, um, lots of different timed intervals. Yesterday's workout was a, was a perfect example. For the, for the conditioning, we tried 
to do five rounds of two minutes of work, two minutes of rest. Two minutes on, two minutes off. So one-to-one work rest. It was a 10 deadlift buy-in at a moderately uh, moderate weight, not moderately heavy, but it also wasn't light, followed by a max distance of a moderate weight sled drag for the remainder of the two minutes. Um, sleds are an awesome tool to work on that anaerobic slash uh, lactate threshold training. Um, they don't require any skill at all. You just get on there and you just pull until your legs can't move anymore, and then you pull some more. So one-to-one work rest, you go out there, you do the 10 deadlifts as quickly as you can. The idea for yesterday was for you to run out to the sled get on that sled and just go sprint until you can't sprint. And then when you can't sprint anymore, then you walk when you can't walk anymore, you know, keep walking or shake your legs out and just go, you know, that was the idea was to kind of push you back to that, that pace of just all out. Let me see how hard that I can go and see what happens. And it's like, that's the time when you really push yourself that you're going to get the benefits of CrossFit, really, and and, and interval training. If you would have approached yesterday with 10 deadlifts at a nice, slow, easy pace, walk out to the sled, you know, that you're capable of sprinting with, and you just walk, you know, just, just walk the whole time, never push yourself past your comfort zone, never really uh you know go there as they say you're not going to get near the benefit of the workout as uh as someone who ripped through those 10 deadlifts as fast as they could got on the sled put it over their shoulders and just sprinted and if it was for 15 seconds or 30 seconds that they could sprint and then when they couldn't sprint anymore they just walked until the time was up and then they had to go to, you know, maybe go down to their knees or sit on their sled or something and take like almost a minute before they could stand. That person got much, much better results than the person that, quote unquote, paced the workout and maybe did the same amount of meters the whole time, but never really pushed themselves. Yeah, yesterday was definitely a grinder. Like you said, it didn't require much skill. Um, but it was definitely a tough workout. But, um, you know, I, I can't remember where I read it. The other day I read a word. Uh, everyone loves those big workouts, those big chippers with the fancy moves, you know, maybe snatches, muscle-ups, or pull-ups, you know, with a lot of fancy stuff. And they try to steer clear of the small things that don't require a lot of skill because they feel like it's easy. But um, sometimes you don't need a, def- a difficult workout. Sometimes you just need to go harder at the simple things, uh, just to push yourself because it's going to develop a strength. Um, I mean, those sleds got tough, and um, they got tough quick. And it's all is a workout that's going to get isn't going to be as hard as you make it. And yesterday wasn't built to beat anyone. It was just for our own strengths, uh, just like cardio days. You know, they're not meant to really beat anybody. Is to get us to a better place. And uh, they're not my favorite, <laughs> but I, I know that I know it definitely is work that we have to all do, and you know, some we all need for sure. Yeah, that uh, what you said. I've I've heard that before. The you don't need a 
a harder workout. You just need to go harder at your workout. You know, the, the you're saying the long, fancy chippers. You know, those are fun to do, and we do do them from time to time. You know, but that's not the main crutch of our program. Um, you know, those long workouts with, with all the moves, like you were saying, and the heavy weights in them. You know, you were just telling me a story uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm, I actually want to kind of go back and talk about that too. The workout was 800-meter uh, runs, 60 air squats, 30 pull-ups, 15 power snatches at 155, 105, and then back up the ladder. So 30 more pull-ups, 60 more uh, air squats, and another 800-meter run. 20-minute uh, time cap. So we wanted – that was a longer one for us. We're going 20 minutes, and we want to – give ourselves a chance at the beginning of the workout by by what we pick to do for that snatch weight we want to give ourselves a chance to finish the wad if you go like you were talking about over analyzing the board if you walk up to that and be like all right well my power snatch is 170 so i could definitely do 155 you know i'm a i'm gonna do it rx today you know you walk up to that board and you're like, already beat yourself. Well, there's no way I'm even going to come close to finishing. So I'm just going to be probably get stuck on the snatches for a while. So me personally, if I looked at this, that workout and, and I thought there's no way I'm going to even finish the snatches, am I going to run very hard on that 800? No, because I know I've got 60 air squats to do. Am I going to push those 60, 60 air squats? Nope. Because I know I got 30 pull-ups to do, which I'm not going to push very hard either because I know that I'm now going to do or attempt to do about 30 or I'm sorry, about 15 reps of my power snatch at about 90%, right? So not only, not only am I going too heavy on my power snatch to where there's no chance I even come close to finishing the workout. I'm now not going hard at the rest of the workout because I've already chalked it up as a loss in my head. Some people at 20 minutes were still on the snatches. You know, that's not the design of the workout. You know, if you're going to do 15 reps at 90%, you should do it either after the workout or before the workout, which we did. We did... Uh, we did a snatch complex before the workout. That's the time to go pretty heavy. You know what I mean? That That's the time to do that. The workout written at 155 is for the strongest guys and girls in the gym. And then from there, it should be scaled back. That way, you know, whenever there's a time cap, you should have a shot to finish. You should give yourself a chance to finish. And if that weight that's in there doesn't give you a chance to finish as hopefully you can see it not only affects the snatches but it affects the run it affects the squats it affects the pull-ups um just by the simple fact of you knowing hey there's no way i'm going to finish this wad you know i'm just gonna just gonna cruise today whereas i was coaching that workout i think i was there almost all day whether i was coaching or working out uh, just kind of watching it happen the guys and girls that gave themselves a chance to finish got a 10 times better better workout than the people that didn't you know they did they were they were pushing themselves to the run the pull-ups the squats you know they were able to push themselves safely with good technique 
on the power snatches, you know, whereas, you know, I don't think I would probably ever program 15 snatches at 90% of your max in the middle of a wad like that. You know, that's not really probably what I would do. So, actually, uh, you were, Ortiz, is a good example of this. Uh, you definitely, th- what did you do, 115 or 135? Mm-hmm. No, I did it at 135. And, and you could have done it at 155. I know you you could have. But it would have been, I would have been on snatch at 20 minutes or at 19 minutes. And it was just, and I wanted to finish the workout. I, I want to say I finished like 1835, somewhere around that range. Um, and that w- it was tough. It was it wasn't it wasn't easy. That that first snatch, as soon as I grabbed it, I was happy with that choice. I was like, I'm glad I did it at 135. Um, you know, it's half of Isabel in the middle of running pull ups. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a lot of work, and all those squats, all those squats as well. I mean, it was it was still a burner for sure. And True. I, I definitely encouraged to scale that one because that one was. Uh, the 155 I felt was really heavy for some folks. Um, it was 20 pounds away from my uh, power snatch max, so I knew I'm not gonna sit here and try to do this um, at 155 when I know I can't finish it. Yeah. So usually the the point of our metcon metabolic conditioning wad whatever you want to call it the the typically the point of that is high intensity. Right, that that's where our, our intensity is for, especially when we have a program like we do here at Die Hard, where we have separate gymnastic skills. You know, on a day we have separate endurance on a day. You know, there's still wads on these days, but we work on a separate, uh, you know, strength portion, separate Olympic weightlifting portions. Like that's the time to go heavy and push yourself as far as the heavier weight closer to your max, higher percentages, all that. That's going to be your time to do that. But the workouts are designed with a time cap on there to give you a chance to finish, but it's going to be tough for some, not for others. You know, some people are going to finish a wide, you know, that has a 15-minute time cap in eight or nine. They're just going to crush it, but not most people, right? So, when when I write these workouts for you guys with the time cap, the time cap is there for most people to give them something to push against to get there and finish. Not to look at it and be like, well, I'm going to do this at this weight or, you know, whatever, and maybe I'll get halfway. The goal should be to finish inside that time cap. So we talked about short workouts like yesterday. Yesterday's wide, two minutes. We do typically lots of three-minute intervals. We do five-minute intervals of, you know, five-minute AMRAPs with rest and then another five-minute AMRAP rest, another five-minute AMRAP uh, rest. You know, we do 12 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. Um, Typically, the longer you go, the less the intensity we're going to have. We do go long pretty frequently, like once a week, maybe maybe more, but, but not usually, probably about once a week. And if we do go longer, it's got work and rest in it. But if we're going to go, you know, over 20 minutes consecutively, it's usually not but, but once a week because um, the longer you're going, you're losing intensity. 
it's like running versus jogging. If you go for a two-mile jog, maybe it takes you between 16 and 20 minutes. Maybe it takes you less, depending on how fast you are, you know. But if you did one mile of sprints in 100-meter intervals, let's say 16 100-meter sprints every minute on the minute, that 16 minutes has a way higher intensity level than a jog of 16 minutes. Even if you get two miles, even though you're only going half the distance, if you do 1,600 meters as hard as you possibly can, you are going to get way better results from that than you are by just going on a 16-minute jog. Both are beneficial, but at, in CrossFit, we tend to do more sprints, less going long. If you kind of take that and equate that to your wad, if you try and RX the workout every single day, whether it be a skill level that holds you back on like a handstand or a muscle up or a, something like that, or going too heavy, you're taking yourself from doing all out hard sprints and making it a, a long, slow jog every day. And the whole point of CrossFit is to go on a long, slow jog, you know, every few weeks and then to do a whole bunch of high intensity sprints from anywhere from, you know, zero to, you know, 12, 10, four, seven, six minutes in all these different forms and fashions that we do. And that's going to help your long, slow distance workouts get faster but we're not really trying to train every day in that long, slow distance time domain. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, too, we see this in the gym sometimes after they decide to do a certain amount of weight against the time cap, finish after the time cap, you know, and everyone gets stoked and pumped about, every, you know, spending 12 extra minutes to finish the workout and, you know, five extra minutes to finish the workout and keep going. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, it's your heart is in the right place, but there's smarter ways to go about doing it. Not saying that you can't ever finish a workout after the time cap, but the time cap's there for, for a reason, right? So if it's a 20-minute workout and it takes you 32, we we got something lost in translation there. We didn't we didn't have a 32-minute workout on the board. We had a 20-minute workout on the board. We didn't have an 8-minute workout on the board or a 12-minute workout on the board. We had an 8-minute workout on the board or whatever it it kind of comes into. So, you know, it's very honorable to finish the workout after the, after the time cap. That's a lot of, you know, hard work and energy, and that's good. But maybe the next time to take from that, you know, why did I not finish the workout in the time cap? What What is it that held me back? Okay, it was it was the snatches or it was the pull-ups, whatever, whatever it is. Maybe next time I should go lighter on the snatches to give myself a shot to finish in the time domain we're looking to train. Usually it's, I, I want to say it's most of the time it's weight. It's weight that's uh, not scaled properly. In a wad, um, sometimes we have a heavy deadlift that may be 275, 225. Um, 
and some folks will look at it and say, oh, this, you know, I've done it before, but not take it into consideration, you know, hey, there's 50 in this workout, or there's 40, or or, hey, these these 40 are accompanied by 100 wall balls. I want to say weight is usually the number one um, thing that is not scaled. And then after weight, I would say the box jumps. <laughs> that, that would be the next thing. You know, sometimes we shouldn't do the 30-inch. You know, um, maybe just keep it simple and stay at 24. You know, um, you know, usually people are not embarrassed to say, oh, I can't do a muscle-up or, oh, I can't do the handstand push-ups or, oh, no, I can't do pull-ups, so I need to use a band. But for some reason, when it's weight on the bar, um, the pride... Is, is the pride is strong, yeah. <laughs> and that that's something we should take and and translate into right after our workout. You know what I mean? Like if you want to get stronger, ask one of your uh, ask one of your coaches. Say, hey, I really want to be able to do this workout RX next time and move quickly. What do I do? You know, and then you see lots of people stay after and and work on extra things, whether it's skills or doing a little bit more lifting or whatever it is so that they can RX the workout next time. You know, that's that's kind of the way to go about that. Like, all right, I'm going to do this workout. Instead of doing it at 155, I'm going to do it at 115. And I'm going to do everything I can to finish this workout. And I'm going to get the best workout that I possibly can at the 115 in order to finish it. And then afterwards or tomorrow or whatever, you know, whatever day you want to, I'm going to start working on maybe doing a little bit extra heavy power snatches this week. And then I'm going to do it again next week. I'm going to do a few extra heavy power snatches so that maybe next time I can do it at 135 or, you know, what at 125, whatever whatever the weight may be. But, um, you know, in order to, to help you get the best results you can out of the workout, Scaling is is key. It, I mean, it really is. It's going to be what gives you the results that you're looking for, or or you just getting frustrated and saying, "Well, I didn't even get out of breath today," you know, or maybe I barely got out of breath. You know, why is this guy seeing or this girl seeing all these results and they that workout like really kicked their ass? But I'm okay. I didn't really, you know, I don't really feel anything. I'm good. And it really shouldn't be that way usually. I mean, if you can go through a workout and think it's easy, we probably didn't get the intensity that we were looking for out of that workout. And on that part of getting stronger at things, I think the pride sometimes also gets in the way of going back to the foundation. You know, the better your foundation is on something, the better um, more advanced movements are going to look better. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing some air squats. There's nothing wrong with doing strict pull-ups. You know, the more strict pull-ups you can do, the more kipping you're going to be able to do, the more butterflies you're going to be able to do um, is going to get you stronger at uh, muscle-ups. The more, you know, you can do on the back squat, the more eventually you'll be able to do at the front squat, then at the overhead squat. You know, one thing leads to another. So the more, the stronger you are on the foundation, the better it is at the advanced movement. Sometimes we don't have to keep attacking um, an advanced movement. Sometimes we just need to move back, strength, get a little more strength, 
and then progress forward. They teach you that at your at your level one right away. Virtuosity is doing the common things uncommonly well. If you look at the best at anything, any sport, any any pretty much anything, they do the basics really, really, really well. You know, they didn't try and go right into doing butterfly pull-ups when they couldn't even do a strict pull-up. They didn't go into trying, you know, squat snatching before they could overhead squat with the proper mobility. They didn't go, I mean, you name it, they didn't uh, start trying to do muscle-ups before they could do pull-ups. You know, it just doesn't happen that way. So, all that to say, scaling properly even though at the time it might seem like it's going to hold you back or it is holding you back is actually going to be what leads you to getting better uh, at CrossFit. You know, that scaling is going to lead to higher intensity. Higher intensity is actually going to get you more fit. So, which is what we're actually looking for is to get more fit. Um, The intensity is going to keep our fitness up. Our strength is going to keep progressing as you show up day in and day out doing the, you know, doing the workouts, doing the strength pieces, and then you'll be able to maintain a higher intensity with heavier loads in the wad, and that's going to be eventually kind of what you want, um, but it's not going to happen overnight. It doesn't just happen one day. You, you come in and you're power snatching 55 to the next day we're doing 135 squat snatches and you're doing it. It's it's It takes a little bit of work, um, you know, but that's why we're all here, to work hard and get better. Until next time, scale properly, keep the intensity high, and you will see the results that you are looking for. To borrow the last phrase from the last podcast, Rome was not built in a day. Patience. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I actually do want to go back to what we were saying—the cycle of a crossfitter, like that first one. You know, I love this first watch, like watching someone going through their first. It's like watching someone eat their first Chipotle burrito. <laughs> it's, a, it's 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 a pretty beautiful thing. And then uh, you know they're trying to keep their composure because they don't want them. To, they don't want it to show that they're pretty much dying. You know? <laughs> But then it's like that. after that first, I want to say, what, what do you say, first week and a half, second week, they get the lifting face. You've seen you know, the, the lifting face. Oh, yeah. I've you seen some it. pretty impressive lifting faces over the last couple of weeks. They're pretty amazing. There's some, there's <laughs> some pretty amazing uh, gym face, wad face, whatever you want to call it. And as the person that goes through all the pictures for the gym, I can tell you that the best ones, I uh, – I don't even post. <laughs> so the ones you see, those are the, those are to, for lack of a better term, those are the PG rated ones. <laughs> I keep the the PG and R, PG thirteen and R rated ones don't make it on the uh, on, on the, the Facebook. Facebook. <laughs>